Hello, and welcome back to the Lightspeed Lawn Care Marketing Podcast. I am your host, as always, Cody Owen, sitting down with my wonderful co-host, Robert Chapa, and we are going to be talking today about some of the future of advertising in the green industry that we are both super excited about. I actually, in between recording the YouTube video about this and sitting down to record the podcast, I was reading uh, an updated article about the Apple ads platform. And so I've got even more to be excited about now. Robert, I know you're excited for this as well. Oh yeah. I mean, what did, did you see some new stuff on the Apple ads or like what's, uh, what's coming out? What's leaking through, I guess. Uh, let me try to pull it up real quick. You're talking about that Bloomberg article or is this somewhere else? Um, this was something that came across my feed last night. Apple has consistently denied that they're going to do a like demand side ad platform, which is what, uh, you know, all of our clients are using demand side stuff for that's all of your PPC, all of your Facebook ads. So are you saying they are going to go that route now? They've hired people who that's the only thing they know how to do. Uh, So they're hiring developers to build it out in a way that's like, you wouldn't be hiring these people if if you were not intending to do that. Especially with the updated phones or if you update your phone recently, you know, you can turn off the tracking. People do understand the importance of that where you can turn off the tracking and websites can't necessarily track you. And so with like a pixel, Facebook pixel, it kind of disrupts that a little bit. Yes. Not totally. The thing that is nice about the industry we're in is that we do so much of Facebook's targeting for them that we don't need to rely on their pixel stuff for retargeting as much. And so when you consider that a certain percentage of people are just going to click allow because the thing popped up and they think not clicking allow is going to prevent them from going on with whatever they're trying to do. So that's going to be a bulk of people who just aren't informed and, and just let whatever app wants to track them, track them. You're going to have some people that opt out entirely and that's fine. And so we might miss some people that way. But a lot of our targeting on Facebook is so geographically based that it doesn't matter. Facebook knows what Wi-Fi they connect to. They know where they live. Yeah. And since it's in the platform, it doesn't really have an effect. Yes. So Facebook knows really who who clicked on your ad and didn't convert regardless of what tracking they've uh, opted into or out of. And the other thing to keep in mind is that you know Apple is incentivized to make a huge deal about how secure they make everything. Because number one, it makes them more desirable on the consumer side because Apple's keeping you safe and all your data is secure. And on the ad platform side that they're developing, they are now able to say, we've excluded all of these other advertising platforms from being able to track our customers, but we have the sole line to exactly who you want to be in front of. So on their end, they want to make it sound like as big a deal as possible because it makes their future ad tech more valuable makes them seem more valuable to consumers today. And Facebook wants to make it a big deal because they want to make excuses for their balance sheet. Um, (laughs) So they want to be able to put as much blame for anything that went wrong on Apple as possible. And that's exactly what they tried to do in like shareholder disclosures. I pulled up the article from DigiDay, so we'll have it in the show notes here. But it is, uh, the headline is, Apple is quietly pushing a TV ad product with media agencies. So Apple TV Plus is probably going to go the way of Hulu, go the way of uh, Disney Plus, 
where there are going to be targeted ads run within the platform at probably the like lower tier of service at consumers. And so if you are already an Apple TV subscriber, if you stay at the like $4.99 level or whatever it is, you're just going to start getting ads. And so a certain amount of people aren't going to make the adjustment out of that. So that's really exciting to see that they're starting to pitch this to like the big ad agencies, because eventually the hope is that it will trickle down to uh, all of us. Not just totally like getting a Lowe's or Home Depot ad, but more, like you said, localized. So to your area. Because I mean, that would make sense. Get the, get the smaller guys in on it. Because it's going to yeah. be on Apple TV and then the news, their news app, right? Yeah. So the two things that we know are, are coming for sure, uh, before I saw this article last night, is the news app, which doesn't seem as helpful to us because of the way that they're currently doing it, but then search ads in maps. Um, and so we want to be able to put you in front of you know, if someone defaults to Apple Maps to search for lawn care in my area, we want to get you in front of those people. We're keeping our finger to the pulse of whatever uh, product Apple is releasing in the ad tech space. We want to get in there and test it as quickly as possible. The really cool thing about what seems like Apple's ad tech is going to do is that there's not going to be a way to exempt yourself from it. So we've tested Spotify ads in the past. Look, if someone's using free Spotify, they're probably not a premium customer for lawn care and landscaping, right? Like we tested it and we we True. didn't get any good results out of it. And when I think about like, when I had free Spotify, I was in college, right? Oh, I was not yeah, the okay. optimal person. You know, I was getting liquor ads and like <laughs> ads for ads for Trojans. Like it was not things outside of the you know, very low level college kid consumer space. So we- That's a good point. But currently with the way that they've been testing the ads in Apple News, that is a paid service that you're paying like 15 to 20 bucks a month for, unless you're in like Apple One where you get everything for 30. That's a premium service that you're paying them for. And then they're still shoving ads in front of you. VPN, whatever, dude, you're going to get the ads, which is, I mean, again, which is good for us and for our clients. Like these are people who obviously they have iPhones. Okay. They're paying for a higher end subscription. They're most likely more inclined to have somebody, somebody take care of their lawn for them. Again, people like us do things like this. Yeah. Yeah. To, to quote Seth Godin, like we, uh, we always do. <laughs> well, I think we've probably talked enough about the Apple ads platform that doesn't exist yet. Let's talk about some things that people could actually be doing today. Yeah. Like a uh, TikTok. I think let's talk about TikTok and YouTube shorts together. I think you're getting a similar level of precision out of the targeting and it's the exact same form factor uh, as far as the video you have to make. The average age on TikTok is still pretty young, but it's trending upward, right? So Facebook and Instagram are like solidly homeowner demographics. Like the bulk of people on Facebook and Instagram now is like 35 to 50. TikTok, it, I haven't seen like demographic breakdowns recently. I would bet that it is still majority under 25, uh, maybe majority under 30, um, just from the content that, that I see over there. If this means anything, Cody, both my parents have TikTok accounts and they okay. send me TikToks and, <laughs> and I'm like, mom, I don't, I, you know, and so they both use TikTok. 
and I think it's and that that was a big sign to me where I'm like, okay, it's moving there. The content on there, like you said, doesn't really represent that yet, but I mm-hmm. think it will at some point. Yeah. It reminds me of did you ever use Stumble Upon? Oh yes, on where you would just uh, refresh the a page. Button. Yeah, and it would just deliver yeah. you to a new website, like the original Infinite Scroll. The TikTok and YouTube Shorts it has so much potential because, first of all, your the quality is like it's not high at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you can even if you were like a long kick coming, if you wanted to do organic content, it's like so easy. It doesn't have to look crisp. It could probably do better that it's not crisp. And because yeah. you can kind of see how there's some big lawn care guys that I see on TikTok and YouTube shorts that just mow lawns. They just mow like, it'll be like an overgrown lawn and they have like a million subscribers. There is a, a guy who owns a lawn care business, uh, Garrett Matthews out of Louisiana. And he is always at the, the cutting edge. I remember talking to him about Snapchat when Snapchat was like first blowing up and he was like, we're running ads on Snapchat. Oh, I'm wow. trying to find his, cause I know that he's on TikTok now. I follow the account. I am trying, there we go. It's Matthew's landscape and pest on TikTok, but they are trying to post things kind of on, on trend, right? So they're yeah. trying to work with whatever's there and just posting uh, content consistently. That is the big thing that I have heard. If you're not paying to be seen on TikTok, you have to be posting multiple times a day to get traction, which is a lot to ask, right? Of, you know, a random social media app. If you're looking at the ad side, I would just, like Robert said, you don't have to worry about the quality of your video being absolutely top notch. I would say, and I think I said this in the YouTube video, that like, it's almost better for it to be like a little lower fidelity Mm -hmm. um, because then it can be confused for actual content instead of an ad. Um, and I've been caught by TikTok ads so many times thinking that they're going to be, you know, it's just a normal video on the app. And then it's, wait a minute, you're selling me something. If you're going to go the route of using both, you know, YouTube shorts, which is getting super popular, film the video on your phone, put on YouTube shorts and then put on TikTok. It's just, you know, it's simple. Yeah. It- and and post it across to Instagram reels because they're, you know, oh, yeah. vertical video, infinite scroll format is everybody's trying to capture what lightning in a bottle that TikTok had. Cause I don't know right now if it's just kind of like a boosted post type of, you know, how they run their ad platform. Or- it seems a little bit more targeted than that. And the reason I say that is not because of like some great experience I have. If someone out there wants us to dive in and, and run some TikTok ads, please get in touch. Cause I would love to have a reason to be delving into this. I have gotten several localized campaigns that are very accurate to where I live. Which makes me think that it is at least at the level of like Google AdWords targeting, like by zip code Um, and like the kind of like sub zip code breakdown. Um, Because I was getting, uh, when I I just moved from Plano and so I still get some Plano ads, but I was getting ads for like a dental agency in Plano. Um, (laughs) So you can get it dialed in at least to that extent. So it could work, especially if if your goal is just one more touch point and just kind of sending it pretty broadly. Because the targeting I've seen geographically is good, I would assume the the age targeting is also pretty good. Because I think even if you don't tell TikTok how old you are, they have enough data points from other people and 
the things that you react to, I think that they probably can guess how old you are pretty pretty accurately. With the same with the ad deliverability as with everything, if you're obviously on TikTok and posting with your business and building that, I mean, it's only going to help. Do you have any thoughts on TikTok and YouTube still? Like what makes it better than normal YouTube videos for lawn care owners? I think it's that that low fidelity thing that we've talked about a lot. No one expects a YouTube short to be super well produced. You're not competing with the quality level that is across, you know, regular YouTube videos. And, you know, obviously it's much easier to produce a sub two minute video than to produce, you know, long form content for YouTube. So I would definitely consider jumping into that, especially on the ad side. I would probably not start organically posting YouTube shorts. It's definitely something I would consider uh, for the ad side. Definitely. It feels like you have to be high quality to be on YouTube. And so that YouTube shorts really open that up where it's like anybody can do it. Okay. So the next thing we want to talk about is another kind of futury uh, thing, unless there's something very specific happening in your area. So we'll talk about that, but this is podcast ads. And so the movement in ad technology for podcasts is dynamic insertion of ads. So they'll put in, I explained this in the YouTube video as well, but they put in uh, these tones that humans can't hear into the podcast to signify to a server where the ad should start and end. So there'll either be dead air there, or it will actually like splice the audio, separate it, shove in an ad of 30 seconds or a minute, and then the episode picks back up on the other side. And that makes it where they can tailor the ad on that podcast episode to the person who is receiving the download of the episode. And the big way that this currently gets used is, I shouldn't go into all this. This is in the YouTube video. If you want to know the history of dynamic (laughs) insertion, go watch the YouTube video. The link is in the description. Reasons why you should care is that we are getting to a point where podcasts will be able to target the individual user in similar ways that Facebook and Instagram, Google AdWords, all of those platforms are able to target users. You'll be able to do that with podcasts. And it matters because the podcast market has hit 60% of US adults listen to at least one podcast a week. A huge percentage of those people are listening to six plus hours of podcasts a week. That is a huge section of billboards where you are directly into a person's ears. This is super valuable. And what I would recommend looking for are some local influencers in your area. If you are in a major metro area, there's a good chance that someone has, it usually starts as an Instagram account, but hopefully it has evolved into a vlog on YouTube or a podcast about like things that are going on in your area. And you want to get in and you want to sponsor that because it is going to be dirt cheap. Getting a sponsored spot on a local podcast, there is a ceiling on how many listeners they have. But what I can tell you is those listeners are going to be very engaged. They're listening to a local podcast about things to do in the area. They are the kind of people who drag all of their friends to the things that they want to do in the area. They are the person who's always adventurously trying a new restaurant. They're going to trust this host because they're still listening because they've had good experiences with this person's advice in the past. And then it makes it where when the host does an ad read for you and is telling people about your lawn care company, you're going to get calls from that. That is kind of a unicorn situation, but I would tell you, look into it, see if it exists in your area. 
even a chance in a lot of the suburbs that that your municipality could be running something like that. Whoever listens to a local podcast, which they are becoming a thing and they're only going to become more popular. I mean, those people have to be so engaged to be like, like almost like radio listener type of people. You know what yes. I mean? Again, it's going to be way cheaper than trying to get some like, there's no, it's kind of pointless to go after some big name because that's just national. It's like, there's no really any point in that. So we're seeing the same thing happen with podcasts that happened with Facebook. When Robert and I joined Facebook, when I think probably when we were both in high school, you had a lot of very broad interest. It was a, a thing where you would like pages that were like the broadest possible interest. They would be like bicycles would just be the page. And you'd be like, I like bicycles. Um, and it could be something that anyone anywhere could be interested in. And when you look at where Facebook has arrived now, most of my the people my age, you know, late 20s, early 30s that I know who are still active on Facebook, it is not that they're in the feed interacting with their like real life friends. It is Facebook groups. And the, the thing that you get from Facebook groups is either like it's targeted on a very tight niche interest, like we all listen to this podcast, so we're in this group together, or it's super local. It is people in like, I joined the like Dallas Sierra Club group. They go on hikes together. They clean up parks. We are in Dallas. We have this very specific connected interest. You know, we all live in this neighborhood, whatever that kind of thing is. And podcasts are starting to do the same thing. They've become ubiquitous. I will tell you from, because I launched podcasts. Robert and I worked on a comedy podcast together that you shouldn't listen to. Uh, <laughs> Robert did an amazing job. I wrote everything. So it was questionable. Having launched podcasts in like 2018, 2017, it is so much easier now working on this show and the show that my wife and I are producing together. That's just for fun stuff. It has gotten dramatically easier. The, uh, all of the sort of resistance to you dropping a show is kind of removed. It's very easy now. And so we're going to see more and more niche podcasts launching. So be on the lookout for that. Even if it doesn't exist in your area now, start putting out feelers, find those influencers on Instagram. And honestly, you can sponsor them there. Like I know this was supposed to be about podcast ads, but if you can get a sponsored Instagram post out of mm. a local influencer by doing stripes in their lawn, by giving them a discount on a landscaping project, that kind of thing can be super valuable. Don't underestimate the power of the local influencer. I was going to ask you at the end about a different way of advertising. And I mean, that's it right there hit up the local influencer, you know, offer that service or whatever it is. I mean, if it's good, they're going to, or if they want a little bit of cash, I mean, dude, it goes a long way. Those people build trust with their audience and it's very engaged. And I think it's like, obviously with everything, it's always the best time now, but because like podcasts are like not going to go anywhere, dude. And it's going to be one of those things where you look like three years from now, you say, man, I wish I would have gotten into hitting up my influencer or three years ago, because now they're charging four times as much for the same exact service. Get in on it. If you need somebody to write the script, light speed. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll help you out. Uh, and then finally here, we wanted to talk about why Facebook and Instagram are still top dog for green industry advertisers. And the simple answer is it's where the results are, right? Robert sees this day in and day out. This is where the campaign ROI actually is. And especially, 
And especially, man, when they have good organic posting, like we always talk about that. It's like the more active you are with your account, the more powerful your ads are. It's just how the algorithm works. And mm -hmm. with accounts that have a lot of organic posting, yeah, when you start organic posting, you get, let's say you get two likes or something, and that's kind of discouraging. But I mean, that's just how it's going to start. Just keep doing it and keep building it up. And when you start running ads with it, I mean, it's crazy what you can get on the ROI. You can see, you know, we can track ad to cart and we can see what's really happening. And, mm -hmm. and it's just super powerful. It is still the chief social media platform among the kind of home, home owner cohort, right? So that's what we want to look at is where are customers congregating? And it is still Facebook and Instagram is where we can get the most of them for the lowest price. So I would always encourage you to be in the market that is like the most affordable for the most number of potential customers actual potential customers you can get in front of and Facebook and Instagram are still where it's at for that but these other platforms are are not going to be cheap forever right eventually TikTok's going to get their stuff dialed in it's going to get more expensive YouTube shorts are already expensive because it's Google I would absolutely if you are not advertising anywhere or if you are still you know very in the analog world with door hangers not to say the door hangers are bad I think door hangers are great but you need to be on Facebook and Instagram. If I could take your door hanger, we have a video about this that we'll link in the description about amplifying the effect of door hangers. If I can take your door hanger and make it be in this person's hand in front of their eyeballs six times a week instead of once on their way to the trash can, um, that is so much more valuable to you. And the thing that's amazing is it will be cheaper because door hangers cost money to produce. And once you've paid for the ad once, uh, you're only paying, you know, a couple of pennies to deliver it each time. And speaking of like uh, just delivering it on, you know, super, super niche, we'll have sometimes ads running and, you know, we'll have them delivering obviously to neighborhoods where they have customers in because we want to just try to build that up even more, get that density going. And I've seen it where I've had, uh, well, not my customers, but their customers responding to the ad. Like, hey, he cuts my lawn like to the end, commenting on the ad. You know what I mean? That's fantastic. And you can see the buy-in that Robert has. Uh, if you're listening, he almost called uh, our clients' <laughs> customers his customers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you want to see because then you also know, like we want to work with lawn care businesses that provide quality service because that's going to help our ads be successful. We can only do so much for a brand that... You know, if everyone all over town is like, yeah, I hired those guys and they never showed up when they were supposed to. And, you know, all the negative things that come with that. Then when they see an ad for you, it doesn't matter how good the copy is, how good the creative is. If the first comment is, yeah, I fired these guys because they suck. Like, you know, that's going to really uh, tear down any effort we can put in. So all of those things have to be ironed out before you get into, uh, you know, having really excellent advertising. That's what comes first. And if the quality is up there and you're working on the page and your page looks active and obviously you have an updated website that they can, if they hit your page, they can get to your website easily. You have updated hours. I mean, all these things are important because if your page looks dead, I, it sounds overdramatic, dude, but your business kind of looks dead, Yeah, you know? And, and it's like, yeah, and people think, well, Facebook's not everything. Well, for a lot of people, Facebook and Instagram is the internet. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the thing to keep in mind there that might help people kind of wrap their their head around this is let's say you had heard about a restaurant. Uh, you saw a commercial for it. You decided to go check it out and you show up to, you know, the the place where you assume they do business, uh, the, the restaurant itself and the lights are out and the chairs are flipped up on the tables. You'd be like, man, I don't think they're open. Right. So the your Facebook page, your Instagram page, if they exist for your business, and I think they should. If they look like the lights are out and the chairs are up on the table, people are going to assume you're not open. We see it all the time, dude, how your page quality really shows to your, how well your ads perform. I mean, yeah. we see it day in, day out, you know, and Absolutely. I think more people are more people are starting to understand that because you just it's just a part of doing business. That's it. It's not really you got to get it's not really a social platform. It is, but it's just part of doing business. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I think that that is probably all we've got to say about the the future of advertising for now. Make sure to read the, watch the YouTube video. Uh, if you've got a little more time on your hands, we've got a full write-up on the blog of things that I think will be helpful, collection of resources for you there. Yeah, uh, until next week. Uh, until there next and, week. And grow bro. your business. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Grow at life speed, bro. Grow at light speed. Oh, I like that <laughs> sign off. Thank you, Robert. That's that's why Robert writes the copy. <laughs> <laughs>